The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Fly Reels and Cortland Fly Lines. Power Pole, Total Boat Control. Ketterfly Apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Welcome back, folks, to another Intermediate Line podcast. I'm Vince McMahon, and this is the Hulk Hogan. How are you, brother? <laughs> you know what? It feels like just the other day that we did, did our last podcast, but, you know. <laughs> time, time certainly flies, mate, between casts, that's for sure. So what's the, what's the vaults cooking? <laughs> the vaults? It smells like burning hair from here. Oh, there's always burning hair at my house, man. We, <laughs> it, it's funny you mention this. This is a, this is a uh, unrelated to fishing story, but you might be able to identify with it. Cool. We, we got um, recently. We we got the house uh, uh, re. Let's say rewired. We got all the um, we got all new um, smoke detectors put in. Yep, a it's, long far cry from rewiring, but let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, but we got we got a, a, a network of about eight of them throughout the house and. Anyways, um, we got the, the newer ones are a lot more sensitive than the older ones. And, um, mate, my missus has been setting them off, mate, every second or third night. Hey, she's just burning shit left, right and centre. Oh, it's God, I hope she's not listening. There's, some, yeah. there's, there's nothing more that creates a Sahara desert at home than someone, <laughs> a, a wife hearing her husband complain about burning food, I'd imagine. <laughs> well... It's just, it's not even that, it's burnt, like the, the toast, they're so fucking sensitive, mate. They just go, you know, they just go off at, at anything and, you know, they... Hey, the hey, and, hey. What's that? Do you, you install them, mate? Me? No, I'm not allowed. Oh, okay, cool. No. Okay, well, I was about to eliminate <laughs> one problem there. That's cool. No, no, I didn't know they have a sensitivity switch, but I know where the, um, I know where the, the, uh, the reset switch is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's called just, a broom handle and a lot of yeah. swearing, right? <laughs> it's just funny because it just seems to happen to her more often, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, don't want to tempt fate there, but yeah, what's cooking? Um, you know, everything's medium rare when I cook. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> medium rare, but all beef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. What about what about on the on the fishing front, mate? Uh, fishing. <laughs> Well, I went carp fishing a couple of times recently, but um, really, yeah, kid, yeah, we got we got a couple, but our kids' footy's sort of closed in again, and it's taken up all weekends. And um, but I'm I'm getting ready for a bash again. I'm looking forward to the weather. Uh, you know, good, starting to warm a good up. weather window will come probably while this podcast comes out. Well, there you go on, on, on a weekend and be on, good 
Yeah, yeah I reckon you'll get a chance, but uh, interesting. Yeah, but I listening to you talk about your newfound love of glass. Well, it's an addition to my love of fly fishing. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't call it a blanketing devotion yet. You know, I know you've been playing with a, the odd rod here and there. Um, you know, me telling how much you enjoy handling different rods. And um, yeah, I and think people know where you're going, mate. I don't think you're tying it in real well, but let's 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 laugh along. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. So I am getting. Uh, I'm going to purchase a, a new fiberglass rod. Actually. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm going to get to the dark side, Anakin. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, yeah, I'm getting it for carp fishing and, and you know, where we fish is, a, you know, fish from the bank is mostly shorter casts, but, you know, also uh, landing the fish, um, also durability is important too because where we go, there's a little bit of scrambling. As you know, you can you can get the odd surprise from a snake or something. You just don't want to drop your graphite and, you know, have funny to you sh- Funny you should say that. When someone, I told some, I told a friend of mine, Adrian, that I was, I was using a glass rod. I was interested in. It. He goes, "Oh, they're great, mate. The good thing about glass rods is you can kill a black snake with it and just keep fishing the rest of the day." <laughs> <laughs> to the people who live overseas, it's pretty fucking Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna get a five, um, a five weight, seven foot six. Um, Thomas and Thomas Black Snake Special. And <laughs> what model is it? It's it's the low tick. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Is it like yeah. the Lotic? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's got one T, you know, so it might be. Has low it? T- yeah, Lotic. Yeah. Low yeah. tick. Sounds like two <laughs> T's when you say it like that, right? Low tick. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you love yours or do you loathe it? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I really wish I was prepared to uh, to offer a count of. Balance. You know what? Last time we brought this up, I I I could have written the fucking dictionary on uh, on words that that you know are said differently between your example of an American way of pronouncing pronouncing lotic and yep. um and, and my way of being in an Australia and calling it a lotic, right? But again, I'm caught out and I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. <clears throat> so I apologise to all the other team lotics out there. Uh, it looks like Team Lodic has won this round. <laughs> anyway, so I'll be uh, I'll be getting that from Nervous Water, and um, yeah, I just I just got to prepare the credit card. Bang, it's gonna happen. I love mine, man. I, it's it's awesome. That's that's it's probably an unfair, but that's the rod that got me into my love of glass rods. In fact, um, I've got a couple of builds coming up. I, I'm I I I really. Uh, I like the whole mellow aspect of it, you know. Like I don't think, you know, I've never been into rod building before, but um, but I have got a couple of builds coming up. I've got a couple of blanks coming, and um, I've got the components, and I've got a list of friends that are probably going to get sick of questions from me, and uh, yeah, and I've got YouTube, and I'm really keen to see how it goes, actually. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you need a calming influence in your life, and I think fiberglass is just perfect. So. It is, man. It, it really is. It feels it's, um, you know, um, I would put, um, I would say, graphite rods are Pantera, or Pantera, right? And, um, uh, you know, gra- and and fiberglass rods are um, Steely Dan. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, right. Just, just pretty chilled, you know. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's how I put that. They're pretty they're, pretty mellow. They they just seem to be a lot more. I don't think like you like, as you highlighted there with the with the glass. Like it's not for everything. It's for a suitable application. And I don't think for carp fishing because I know the type of fishing you're talking about. Short cast, short accurate accurate cast with minimal false cast. Yeah. You want to be able to load actually load the rod instead of just you know just. I don't know. Sometimes those short casts with graphite rods when you're doing 15 feet feels like you may as well be using a stick out of the bush, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but when you've got a rod that's going to load more progressively with a, with less grains out of the rod tip like a glass rod does, you're yeah. actually casting, which means you're actually presenting, you know what I mean? I know. So, exactly what I mean. You know, when you, when you can actually deliver and present, you know, the front taper and, you know, the yeah. lead, you know, transfer that energy. Yeah. You know, precisely and delicately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that glass is uh, is a great application for that. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty keen. I've got an 8-weight and a 10-weight. And I don't really need a 10-weight. It's just that uh, I imported the blanks and it was just there and I may as well at the same time. So, if I stuff up the 8-weight to build, well, I'll have a 10-weight that's built better. It's one way of looking at it. <clears throat> um but anyway, I'm keen to I'm keen to have a crack at it on the on the flats. I think that'd be a really good Goldie rod. Uh, it might not be good for lifting around the around the boat, but it only suit on on calm days, and it probably wouldn't suit all flats flies either. You know, same with um, I know Al uses the glass rod for snag bashing quite a bit. Um, he's talked about it quite a bit, and um, I don't think it'd suit really well for Dahlbergs greatly at, at 30, 40 feet, whereas it might suit a bunny pretty well. You know, but then. It won't turn a fish as well. I mean, there's compromises and advantages. Advantage or disadvantage, or it, it you know, to group more as compromises. Um, in any direction you look at it, really, I guess. But I just think it's a, it's a, it's a good handy bit to have to your quiver in this day and age. I agree, I agree, and you know, something good might come out of it. Who knows, man? You know, yeah. Yeah, you might grow your hair or something. You reckon? <laughs> Get a headband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is pretty retro retro vaults yeah well you know with with my advancing age maybe i'm going to become more patient you know i'll have i'll have time to wait for that back cast to unroll you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no it's uh it, i'm excited so yeah man it's um that's 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 the go i i i wouldn't so you got the five i got the four weight um, yeah right I'm pretty man. It's, I'm really surprised at how how grunty that rod is. The four weight, even you know, like for that Goldie that I caught on it, the, that um that we spoke about on the show and it's on, on the socials there. You know, it was it was. I was feeling like I was in trouble, and that was just such a great feeling. I love that feeling. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it it did it pretty easily at the same time. It was just a an action that I wasn't used to. Um. For the times that I've um, I've lowered, lowered myself in your eyes to catch brim, it's really handled. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's really handled it really well, and for particularly really light tippets and still like not giving the fish any line, pretty cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good, man. Mm. Sounds like the yeah. perfect way to enjoy a brim, real slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best way I suppose is to first open a wine cooler and um, and roll your roll your long pants up to three quarters. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It did what with ten minutes fifty seconds in, eleven minutes, and the the uh, we've already had people switch off. Yeah, that's bad because it's a shame. With um, for those early leavers, you're going to miss out on a banger of a potty tonight. How do um, you know? Well, this guy is uh, his reputation speaks for himself. Um, he's, he's Brett. His, hang on, yeah. his reputation speaks for himself. Itself. Oh, yeah. sorry, I, I must have misheard you, mate. Yeah, no, it's, it's a hair in your ears. It might be the wax, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> You occasionally get a potato fall out of your ears too. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. All right. <laughs> so, uh, we've got Wolfie on tonight, mate. And... Uh, you can find Wolfie at uh, ningalooflyfishing.com.au or uh, Ningaloo Fly Fishing on Instagram. Yep. Uh, <coughs> if you haven't heard of Brett Wolf, um, let me enlighten you. He He's uh, one of Australia's premier saltwater fly fishing guides. He comes from a from a uh, trouty background in terms of he, you know, he originated in Tasmania, and we'll, we'll delve into that. Hopefully, he'll, he'll tell us a bit about. Uh, where he kicked off. Um, Wolfie is in Exmouth, as the name suggests, Ningaloo. He, uh, yeah, he's started off probably, um, I think he became famous for uh, Bonefish in Australia with an operation of a different name, True Blue Bonefish. Uh, I've fished with Wolfie. I've been very fortunate. To, it's been too long. It was um, Probably about twelve years ago, I went went over there with uh, a mate of mine, Andy Bockler. You know him too. Uh, yeah, I know that guy. <coughs> yeah, yeah, and Andy yeah. and I had this. Loved him know, in the in Tales of the Crypt. <laughs> we, we had this mission where we wanted to catch an Australian bone. So who else are you going to talk to? But Wolfie. Yeah, and um, the Don. The the Don, yeah. So I was in I was in esteemed company, left and right, you know. Mm. And uh, yeah, we had a um, we <clears throat> we got it done. Um, and, uh, but I remember getting out there and like, it, it is such an amazing landscape over there in, in WA, like you got the, the blue water, the reef and, and a desert coming down to the water. It's, it's quite surreal, you know, um, I'm sure there's parts of maybe the Middle East, like Amman or Saudi Arabia, Sudan, that sort of places where you've got a similar setup, but it, until you're there, it, it sort of takes, takes your breath away. Like you go, wow, that's, that's amazing. Mm. Anyway, it's like a scene out of Star Wars or something. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's exactly right. And the water's all these different shades of turquoise. It's it's quite amazing. But I remember um, the first school of, of bonies that we saw. Um, Brett's like a big school up here, <clears throat> and we, well, I couldn't see him. Um, and Brett, uh, Brett's eyes is something else. I mean, I I don't know, it was the sunnies or what. I, I forgot to ask what he was wearing, but. Man, he, he could he could see fish where do you find do you find yourself often asking grown men what they're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I walked right into that. Yeah. It's an interesting observation. I'm, I'm uh, so, naive. so naive compared to you, man. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, yeah I, you, you've had that that you know seedy upbringing man but oh, yeah I, don't, I really don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah so, you mean being homeschooled from a stripper club is that what you're saying or? <laughs> that would explain your dancing ability 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really yeah. does. It really does. Yeah. 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 So Wolfie, um, I fished with him. It was a great experience. Uh, you know, we had we had a good time. And uh, yeah, it's it's just so good to to have the opportunity to talk to him again. Um, he's promised us that he he's gonna he's gonna let out the uh, the information. So you know, let the dogs out as far as information is concerned. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, the dogs are running loose. Yeah, a few, few pooches running around. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to this. A little bit nervous because he, he is uh, he's a guy holding high high esteem. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I must admit, uh, what are we? 168 episodes in. Um, you know, I, I, look, we have some great guests, but this one is one probably because we've been talking about it for so far out and long, you know, and, uh, yeah. and getting him in. This could be, Brett could be the, um, be the record guest that we've procrastinated about the most, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon, I reckon he could be. So we better make it a good one, mate. Yeah. I Take hope, your time. I hope, yeah. I hope we live up to it. I hope we do it justice. And, um, We'll treat it like a glass rod, mate. We'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll just take it nice and mellow. And get into it. <laughs> you get about an hour and a half to enjoy it. So, yeah, that's yeah. about that's about the length of a forward and back cast of a glass rod, right? <laughs> an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Let's get him on. Right. Let's do it. All right. All right see ya. I'll see you later, mate. <laughs> 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 Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of the Intermediate Line. Um, Tonight, it's my absolute pleasure to have... um, Australian fly fishing legend Brett Wolf on the line, um, and thank you for joining us, Brett. Uh, no worries, guys. But I don't know about the legend thing, but yeah, it's great to be on the on the show. Thank you. <laughs> to respect the humbleness, mate. Yeah, and again, <laughs> I want to reflect Volty sentiments there. Thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. So, um, look, most people know who who Brett is, but we, we're sort of going to paint a little bit of a picture in addition to what we've done in the intro. Um, you know, Brett, uh, based right now in Exmouth and WA, um, previously he, uh, he kicked off his fly fishing career in Tasmania. So, um, Brett, uh, give me just a rundown on on things Tassie for you, please, mate. Um, yeah, we, we built a uh, – well, first of all, I started guiding for Peter Hayes for one year, one season, yep. who's a massive legend in the fly fishing circles. And then um, I did my own thing for a few years, and then we built Blue Lake Lodge, which was on 100 acres on the edge of Arthur's Lake. And we did that for seven seasons, and now a gangster owns it, surprisingly enough. A gangster? So Teflon John Ibrahim owns it now. So. <laughs> Teflon John? <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty cool gangster name. Underbelly, yeah, yeah. nothing there's sticks. A, uh, so that's pretty it, cool. There's a vid, there's a movie out about that, right? The last, yeah, yeah. yeah, the King of um, King's Cross. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, but anyway. So, yeah, we were looking for somewhere to warmer in the winters. And then, yeah, we came to Exmouth and stumbled onto some bonefish and then thought, well, let's sell the lodge and come to Exmouth. Hey, just, just back up a bit here. I feel like you glossed <laughs> over something important. You built a lodge from the ground up. Yep. Five kilometres of power lines, two kilometres of road, and a lodge on 100 acres of land on the edge of Arthur's Lake. Holy wow. shit. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was scary. We're only like, I was third, maybe 29, 30. Simone was 28. Yeah, so we had this massive debt, and yeah, we had a fishing lodge. <laughs> wow. That's, that's three wild. boats. Three boats. Six guests. It was like the full five star gig, you know. Yeah, yeah awesome. It must yeah. have taken without getting into the reason that, like, expanding on Exmouth. I want to keep talking about this, but um, <laughs> it must have been hard to leave. Something like to, that, right? I mean, uh, to leave Tassie. Yeah, or well, what you built, what you set up, what you invested um, in, 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 in time and and money. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. love trout fishing. I mean, like to set something <laughs> like that up for you couldn't be doing that. Because it was your first day, you know, like it's um, you know, it's a it's a long way to uproot and go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of where I'm going. It must have been hard to leave. Yeah, it was, but um, I could see the fishery deteriorating. So when when we built that lodge, mate, Arthur's Lake was such a great fishery, but yeah, mm. the water quality was deteriorating. There was issues and um. And we also had two kids, and I was like trying to run a five-star fishing lodge with two toddlers running around. It was t too hard. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was the right choice in the end because the lake did deteriorate. The fishing did deteriorate big time just after we left. So, so what Oh, sorry, you're right. Apologize. No, mate. you go. You go. Oh, I was interested in that. Like, um, what what was – why? why What was going on with the lake? Um, well, a guy – a farmer owned the whole other side of the lake. It's a huge lake. It's like 12 kilometres by 8 kilometres. Mm. And he logged the guts out of it. Mm. And then the tracks they put in, they allowed um, illegal shacks to be built. And I reckon there was water quality, you know, like the wastewater management and stuff like that. But also there was a massive mayfly hatch for the summer for three months. And... The lake got super high, then super low, and it killed the nymphs, and the mayfly hatch disappeared. Damn. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. So that, that was Arthur's lake. Was the was the farmer's name Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, got, he did give me a few death threats when I um, argued. Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus, look look what you invested in, in time and coin and, you know, like at the time you probably had no intention of leaving and stuff and then old mate Arthur um, does all that shit. <laughs> Uncle That's, Arthur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, yeah, like you say, I always thought I was going to be there forever. But yeah. Didn't work I, out like that. That's amazing. Like I, I get I get proud when I bloody – well, you know, I installed a letterbox from Bunnings. I thought fucking <laughs> shit occurred to you. You build a whole – you build a whole fucking lodge. <laughs> yeah, over the winter too, mate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't have any money. Like, we had to build it and then open straight away. Otherwise, we'd go broke. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Fuck. That's, man. Heavy. 
that took a lot of conviction. Well done, man. You know, <laughs> no, which is odd because the guy who owns it now has never had a conviction. But God damn it. <laughs> 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 you want to be careful what you say, mate. He's got 200 acres there now to bury yeah. people. Yes. There's, there's devils on that land too, so you don't even have to bury people there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shit. Bow you straight down. Tasmanian devils leave nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. All right. I'll back out of that one. So uh, tell us about, uh, <laughs> so you went, if I've got the story right, you went to Exmouth on a holiday looking for some warm stuff and you saw some cool fish. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Just yep. Um, got lucky, just stumbled onto some bones. As soon as I did that, I was like, whoa, better get a license here. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I got a license straight away. Yeah. And then, yeah, tried to do both for a couple of seasons, which I did. Like, and then, yeah, that was too hard with the kids going backwards and forwards across Australia. And then so we sold the lodge and moved up here. Right. You must you must have really fallen in love with it, Brett, like to um to stretch yourself that that thin uh, between like a lodge and guiding an Exmouth. And, and then and then for eventually Exmouth to win, I guess like you said earlier with the water quality and the deterioration of the lake and you know it would it would it would erode sort of your hopes and dreams for that place I guess pretty quickly. Um, you can see a big future in the in the Exmouth area though, right? Hey, pretty early on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the thing is that which I later discovered is that it's the fishing here is twelve months a year, which in, is not in Tasmania. It's like six months. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, so, yeah that was a, and the kids having the kids was uh, another factor, and trying to run that lodge it was all too hard. How old were your kids when you decided to up up and move from Tassie? Uh, Jess, my daughter was one when she had her first birthday here. We just moved here, and Sam was three. Oh, that's that's a pretty good age, that's for sure. But uh, you wouldn't want him to yeah. be, you know, starting high school or something like that. I, I guess it. Happens for no. some people, but if you can avoid it, yeah, yeah, yeah. they went. They went to Perth for high school, so that's all. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I'm thinking about outsourcing my kids for high school, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. what do you mean outsourcing? Just put them off to boarding school or something, mate. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. I might might get my wife back, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See how it goes. Hey, um, <laughs> Brett. I'm just thinking about the mechanics of going from trout to bonefish. Bonefish are like really hard to see, right? Yeah. Yeah. Had you had much experience on bonefish or even other other species other than trout when you when you ar arrived over there? I'd had about three long trips to New Caledonia on those big right. bones there. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't any big deal. It's just like spot fish and put a fly in front of them, and they eat it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've um, you won't hear this till you listen to the whole thing. But in the intro, I've I've pointed out that um, out of the people that I've fished with, I mean, fortunate to fish with, you know, a lot of a lot of people and guides. And um, uh, I said to Chris that uh, Brett's eyes are just amazing, like in terms of spotting fish. I wasn't gazing deeply into them or anything, but um. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, um, I was sort of interested to hear that, uh, you know. Did you find the um, – if you had to compare the uh, the bone fishery of, of Newcal to, to what 
you know people can expect to see in in uh, Exmouth? What would you um, what would you say, for example, about spotting the fish or where you'd find the fish? Um, as you know, ours are, ours are sort of deeper water mostly. Yep. So, yeah, you can wade for them in New Cal, but here wading is very marginal. You need to be in a boat. Yep. Um, it's more and, swimming in Australia. Hey? More swimming than wading in Australia. <laughs> yeah. But you wouldn't. Uh, what's that? Oh, just, uh, just like, uh, like, because they're so deep, you'd be more swimming than wading in Australia. Yeah, you look, you look at those flats and the water's so crystal clear, you think, oh, I can just wade out there, and you go out and go, oh, it's up to my neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, you need, need the boat, but you can wade on low tides, but, yeah, they're deeper water fish, but they're big, probably uh, probably close to new cow's bones, but they're a different species. I think there's a glossodonta, ours is an oligolepus. So. Yeah, that, that's one of the things I was going to bring up in in this show, is stuff about uh, what what do we know about the species over there. But, uh, yeah, what, while we're hitting on that, that's um that's an interesting point, I suppose, because you get people that are going to chase, which we'll, we'll bring up permit later on the show, obviously, but yeah. you get people that chase the, the what they call the big four, I guess, between the permit species. Do you get people that, that want to chase the, the bonefish species as well? Not so much, no. Most of my business now is permit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of changed since I started because I started as true blue bonefish and then people would call up and say, oh, I don't really want to do bonefish. I say, yeah, I do other stuff as well. And so, yeah, that's when I morphed into Ningaloo fly fishing and their permit, permit is my gig now. Yeah. No, it, it definitely definitely seems like that. It's um look, I guess we, you know we 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 got some we got a heap of questions lined up for um for the permit later on the show, but you know yeah back back to the bonefish and, and things like that. You're, you're saying that they're deep. Are they eat, are they eating the same sort of stuff as what we would, would figure stereotypical bonefish flies would be? Yeah, yeah, just we use bigger flies. Like we use one O's with a bit more weight on them to get down through that deeper water and they're big fish normally so that big fly doesn't hurt they love it so mm. yeah one o's and we use gotchas so yeah yep. gotcha clouser they're not fussy if you get it in the right place yeah would would you say brett um that you're you're fishing for schooling or individual fish normally mostly schools in perfect conditions you'll be able to pick off big singles but yeah, mostly schools. What sort of numbers are we talking in the schools? Uh, I guess it can vary, of course, can, but yeah. Yeah, it can vary from, you know, like 20 or 30 to seem like schools the size of houses. Shit, yeah. like 100, 100 or so fish. Or yeah, more. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's crazy. Be like a, like yeah. a, a big blue carpet. Yep. Grey. Grey. Grey yeah. carpet, yeah, like a. The, my my experience, you know, I've fished with Brett, as I said in the intro. The um, my experience on the bones was, um, and we gave Brett the brief. Me and me and uh, Andy V went over to Exmouth, and we said we just want to catch an Australian bone. And um, yeah, first morning, um, which turned out to probably be the best weather-wise, in a, in about was it about a week? I think five or six days. But we, yeah, like Brett sort of goes, there's school up there, and. Andy and I were both squinting and, you know, Andy can see, if Andy can do two things or see two things, it's like 
you know, a school of bonefish on the bottom or, or like a dollar coin in two metres of water. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> anyway, this, this, bone, this school of bonefish, neither of us were like, yeah, right, right, mate, you know, and, <laughs> and yeah, Brett sort of goes, yeah, cast guys and, um, you know, we, we, I got mine, I think, second cast or something. And um, but this this sort of smudge just materialised, and it and it sort of um, like I was just amazed. I, I would have easily have missed that. Like it was it was a you know like it. That's that's why I wanted to ask that question about um, you know his eyes adjusting and uh, having having been to Newcastle probably sort of tr- trained that a bit because you know although they're big fish and there's lots of them they ain't easy to see half the time. You know, mm. yeah. But, yeah, um, they, are, they are hard to see in that deeper water. It was a big school, though. We, we saw, you know, I, I, there's no way I could count them because you could hardly fucking see them. But, you know, yeah. when when they, when they went under the boat once, there was a shit ton of them, eh? Yeah. I think yeah. we lost five in one day, didn't we? One of those days. Yeah, we did. We had some hooks. We had some hooks straight and um, had these really bendy hooks and um, that I'd, I'd got tied for the trip. I got some X-mouth gotchas. <laughs> and um, and they were the hooks were uh, might have been a bad batch because I've heard other people had good experience with that particular hook, but yeah, yeah, just bad luck. One of those things, classic story, you know. Yeah, yeah, put all your eggs in one basket. So yeah, um, and we blind cast one up later in a trip too. So that was that was another one. But yeah, um, getting like back to. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to it, yeah. They uh, the the school the bones are in big schools and um and and they're big fish too. Like they're long. They're just sort of I guess you'd say they were a, a lighter light lightweight build compared to say the glossodontas. Yeah, the the all tackle record is our species, Oligolepis, about nineteen pound or something. The Igfa world all tackle record. Oh, for bones. Man. So, That's so it is known as a big bone. Yeah. Where was that for? Uh, South Africa. Dear. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. This, the Saffirs have got some good records over there. I think the biggest yellowfin tuna on flies come from from down that yeah. way. Yeah. Over that way too. Yeah. It's, South, I would have thought South. I mean, I, I don't. I don't doubt it, but I'm, I'm just thinking. Oh, I thought South Africa had more more of a colder water climate, but do, do those fish. Well, yeah. This this bone. And my mate's been catching at Carnarvon. Yeah, right. So that's 350 k's down the coast from here. Or yeah. Uh, by road, uh, direct line's probably 300. So. Yep. Yeah. So. I'm um I'm getting on the maps. I want to see where that is on the west coast to sort of get an idea of the water temp right around yeah. the pants. Yeah. You um, guys, we have a the east coast current goes north to south. Is isn't it the opposite over there? Uh, I don't know, mate. Oh. Is it the Lewin current or something? Yeah, the Lewin. I thought that went south. Is it all right? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah don't quote me on that. <clears throat> yeah, so that's know. yeah, it's about. Sort of... yeah, it's supposed to hit the Abrolhos. Like I, I had a client catch a bonefish on the Abrolhos, which is off Geraldton, which is only like four hundred k's north of Perth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can it? I've heard. Uh, don't they get to Shark Bay as well? I've heard bonefish around there. Or am I, I mistaken? I've heard of any at Shark Bay, but out at um, uh, what's it called? It's that island off there. But yeah, the Cartog. Yeah, out off there, they catch them in deep water on bait. 
Yeah, right. Well, that's that's actually like I'm, when I'm lining up the east coast, it's sort of Carnarvon's just a little bit further north of um, Fraser Island, and uh, you know they're not an uncommon fish to catch down deep, like you're saying. They're probably a similar situation off Dirt Dirt Hardhog in five yeah. six meters of water. Um, yeah. You know, it's the further south I've heard about on the on the east coast is Stradbroke Island, which is about with Brisbane, which would probably be close to Geraldton, I guess you could say, on the a bit north further north of Geraldton. Um, oh, maybe that's not right. Yeah. About Shark Bay, Brisbane, I guess you could say. So probably about the same geographical sort of uh, latitude, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. In Maybe Australia, not interesting to some people. We have bonefish in yeah. Australia now. Be your pardon? We have bonefish in mainland Australia now, which yeah. didn't exist. Well, I, I, I would be pressed to think of anywhere as productive as, as what, you're, what you're producing in, in the area that you're in anywhere else in Australia, really, at the end of the day. And if there is, well, it hasn't really been discovered or exploited yet that I know of, at least. Um, I think that, uh, if, you know, in search of an Australian bonefish, Exmouth is the guy, really. There really is nowhere else, really. Yeah, apart from the Cocos, but it's not mainland Australia. But they've got, Correct, yeah. they've got good bones and skinny water there. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Is, that the same, is it the same species, do you think? Probably wouldn't be. Oh, uh, it's Glossodonta. Yep. Yeah, they gotcha. Yeah, I wish we had Glossodonta here because it'd go in the Gulf, but but we don't. We the Olga Lapis is only on the Ningaloo side of right. of Northwest Cape. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. you're you're saying there are there are opportunities like if, if you hung out in the right spot long enough, you could you could um, pick one off wading or off the shore. Yeah. Yep. On yeah, the right. right on low tides. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Right. Uh, Brody got one the other day waiting down at Sandy Bay. Oh, did he? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty happy about that. Yeah. It, it's a, for that species, it seems to be unusual behaviour to come in that skinny, right? Um, I really don't know what the deal is, mate, but yeah, um, I think whether it's just an oceanic species, so it's on that Ningaloo side and it doesn't want to come into the Gulf, I don't mm. know. But, yeah, those flats, um, the tides are a metre less than the Gulf, so they don't drain off as much as the, like, the Gulf flats totally drain off. And so right. they come up to feed, which makes for better permit fishing as well. Whereas, yeah, the, uh, they never really drain off on the English side. So, yeah, I don't know why it's only over there, but it is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 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 they do what they do, I guess. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, <coughs> you know, did did your experience with, you know, setting up a lodge or an, a whole operation in um, in Tassie down there did that did that help or give you faith that you could make it work in um, in Exmouth? Like you're pretty much starting from scratch again. Yeah, I had a lot of loyal clients, so. Um, that helped kick me off, and the whole um, the whole like bonefish in Australia thing got a lot of fly fishermen excited. And yeah. and early on, yeah, we didn't even, we'd just look at perm and go oh, too hard. <laughs> <laughs> didn't bother. <laughs> we just do like fleeting cast out and go. Yeah, right. I see you later. <laughs> <laughs> That thing's feeding via osmosis. Let it go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah, that's the, one of the things I was um actually going to ask in regards to that was the uh the like it seems to be as much as bonefish is synonymous with saltwater fly fishing, it's a big part of um of a trout aficionado's life as well, right? Because of close seasons and you know traveling during colder months and such. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's a huge part of trout trout fly fishing culture. So, I'd, like, it's not surprising to hear what you said there in regards to having that existing client base that already had an interest in what you were doing yeah. at at the moment. Yeah, um, true. has that? True, true. Do you reckon that's maintained? Like, it's still still cooking pretty well. Yeah, for you. Uh yeah. I I still have guys fish with me that fish with me in my very first season of trout guiding. Yeah. So, um, and the permit. Uh, uh, like I always maintain that the best permit fishermen are trout fishermen that can cast a long way. Mm. Because makes sense. Because it's all about presentation, you know, rather than mm. just bashing the water like a lot of salties like to do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, the permit the same and bonefish. Yeah, like you say, yeah, trout fishermen looking for a winter escape. Hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. I mean, there's there's plenty of plenty of vests on the flats of Christmas Island, for example. You see, right? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. What you said about the casting styles, though. I think I, I said on this podcast once, but I heard it. I heard I can't remember who the guest was, but I heard on another on the Millhouse podcast, some dude saying there's three types of casters. Um, yeah, the striper dudes who can who can sail it into the next postcode. Um, yeah. yeah, trout guys. Trout guys who um, you can be accurate up to up to up to twenty feet, but as long as it's not ten knots <laughs> of breeze, and then um, and then there's the flats guys who can put on a, on a dinner plate um, with yeah. around fifty feet anywhere, you know. And it's yeah. um, but that flats guy is a combination of that striper guy and the trout guy, really. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's really interesting. How do you reckon um, attitudes towards um? casting is is um is now to with um you know with modern gear and and i guess you're seeing it from a um a, a lot of years of experience and from the trouties tra well, I, I say trout i don't mean it in a derogatory way I, i'm i've only ever fished in saltwater i live in queensland so when i say trout it's just it's just a whole different world to me but um so i don't but i don't mean it in a derogatory way although i do admit and I have got a strong record of hacking on trouties because they're so passionate about it and they're just such a fun target. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mean it like that. And I only use it as an adjective to describe a style rather than anything else, really. But um, so do you, do you think that uh, the solid aspect of, of a, of a trouty culture is, is evolving? Uh, I don't really know what you're trying to say, mate. Uh, well, what I'm saying is that... Um, you know, like uh, let's say, let's say twenty years ago, you know, although that, like, say, bonefish, would, like we would have said, there would have been something that people would have travelled for during the off off season, like out of season for trout or looking for something to do. Uh, you know, you could say, arguably, twenty years ago, that you know Murray Cod wasn't of any interest to any of the trout fishermen dudes. You know, but now, uh, you know, there's a lot more access to results through social media or what have you, or, or whatever sort of for YouTube or whatever um, that that develops a healthy interest in, in all forms of fly fishing really. But, um, is, I guess what I'm trying to say is, are you seeing people that take that, um, 
off-season journey now, taking the whole thing a lot more seriously as opposed to bringing their, their cane rod and their fluger clicker reel to fish for permits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, I've, uh, I've got a lot of a lot of trouties, their first permit, and, yeah, they're yeah. pretty happy when they get it. Some of them seriously don't deserve it, but they've got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. They, they all want it. everyone wants to catch a permit yeah yeah and yeah i, I guess i understand about gts either like when i first thought of it when i used to go to new car we didn't even bother with gts and we'd see them all the time there mm. i just think they're a big brute of a thing that's dumb and will eat anything but nah they're not stupid not ours anyway girls are I'm tough all right, I've never seen them dumb anywhere. Those big fish are big for a reason, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they get a ba- like a, a a bad rap about, you know, I think if like a lot of people have caught rat GTs and they can be frustrating because they'll grab the fly before anything else or, you know, it's uh, riv- river GTs and estuaries and stuff are a great way to cut your teeth, but it's a whole different species, eh, when they get big oh, and, yeah. and in skinny water. Yeah, it's amazing how... Landing the fly in the wrong spot will spook a 60-pound fish. It's like, what? Mm. Why are you scared of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I, I sort of blame a lot of the Seychelles videos. Like, you see... Um, oh, yeah, it, when they feed them. Yeah, well, yeah, you see you see him throwing big black flies and, you know, just hits the water and these things charge from 30, 40, 50 feet away to hit it, you know? Yeah. And... Well, you know, I haven't had enough shots in Australia to say it's definitely not like that all the time, but it's never been like that for me here. <laughs> you know. Well, well putting my... it a long way away does work better than putting it close. Yeah, right. Yeah. Especially with a big black fly, they'll see it a mile off. But, uh, yeah. That That's interesting you say, it, Brett, to, to break that down. You say, you're saying instead of, like, there's the, you know, well, based on what we just said earlier about them being smart fish up on the flats and stuff, it's not good to attack any fish that's got a high sense of awareness of where it is and the vulner- and feeling a sense of vulnerability. But you're talking about leading leading them a, a long way as opposed to just, you know, leading them in yeah. general, yeah? Yeah. Uh, with the GT, I'll say to my clients, the GT's coming out the boat, put it five to six metres to the side of it and level with it. Yeah. That way, and then get his attention with a few pulls, and when he charges it, rip on it, and that way you get the bite going sideways as well. Yeah. And also, you're not drawing him closer to the boat by putting it to the side of him so much as putting it five metres short of him. Yep. So, yeah, and, yeah, the bite sideways, mate, and it just comes up tight when he eats. Yeah, that that's clever. I, I, I'm... I'm certain I've put it up on the podcast. Yeah, just uh, in one experience uh, before, I, I, well, I'm, I wouldn't call myself experienced with it, but at one time I was listening to someone else, let's put it that way, and taking their words gospel about moving the fly as fast as you can. And those big fish, like I think I think that they're so used to just that in, moving that much water that like a 15-centimetre bait fish is going to just not have any traction to be pulled out of their mouth, whereas when you've got a... A, a bit of fluff tied to a bit of string that's gotten you, know, <laughs> you, you just pull it straight out of their mouth when they're expecting yeah. to have it in there. They're coming straight out, yeah. That mouth opens up so so massively. Yeah. yeah. Often I'm getting ready to pull the min coder out of the water to chase it if we're fishing by the reef. I turn yeah. around and I go, "Where is it?" And he goes, "The fly just came out." 
because they just open up so big and got a little six o eight o hook and it just doesn't find anywhere to hook. Yeah, yeah. So, so set, setting your client up sideways, really like uh, like yeah. trying to get the optimum meet and setting them up sideways for that reason. That's um that's yeah. a, that's a clever way to go for sure. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think anyone who's ripped, ripped a fly out of a GT's mouth could understand that. You only do it once. <laughs> Hard yeah, to get yeah. over. Yeah, done that. Fuck. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, that's, that's cool, man. That's, 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 uh, that's what we want to hear, some tactics like that. To um, You don't get that shot very often, eh? Yeah, it's the same with most of the fish. Even with the permit, I advocate, like, if he's coming straight at the boat, just put it slightly to the side. And that way, if you overshoot, you're not going to hit it on the head and spook it. Mm. Just, and if he's up high in the water, he's going to see it. But if he's down groveling on the bottom, he's not necessarily going to see it. So you have to be more aggressive in that case. But a permit looking ahead, he's got good vision. He'll, he'll see a lot. Mm. So if you put it to the side, you're not going to hit him on the head. And he turns meets. <clears throat> it feels like we're organically going into permit. I'm, I'm ready to do it. Are you ready, Volts? Are we going to do yeah. this? Let's go. We've been dabbling. <laughs> we, we want to talk about permit. We want to just. <laughs> we don't want to go just straight straight for the uh, straight for the meat. We want to eat the salad first. You know what I'm saying? You know. Oh, okay. You yeah. guys would be you guys would be anarch people, wouldn't you? Or you got black eyes? Oh, I'll take any of them personally, but uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, we we predominantly got them over here as opposed to block eyes for sure, you know. Uh we've got both, I guess, but um it's it's yeah, yeah. There's there's the, what do you reckon the, the, the balance is between the two um over there? Uh numbers wise. Yeah, which one is there more of or less um, of? Uh we probably probably I reckon one in 10 to 20 is uh, Anarch. Yep. And, yeah, mostly we've, we've only caught smaller Anarchs here. I think Jono got a big Anarch, but, um, yeah, mostly the Anarchs we catch are small here. Yeah. The the, the block eyes there are, are, are such beasts, you know, that um, they don't – If they're, like you look at photos of the ones that you've put up and you're looking at it and you're going, which one is that? It's so hard to tell the difference because yeah, they're just – it is hard to tell. They're just such rigs. They're just they're, they yeah. when they get big, they just they just turn it. They're they're just a different looking animal, eh? Those fish. Yeah, they get a bit gnarly. They even get a bit of a lumpier nose than. Normal. Yeah, but there there are some distinguishing features that um, we've worked out totally. Like the anarch has white lips. The block eye has a yellow top lip. Yeah. The block eye has black leading fin, bigger fins, obviously. And you can look at their nostrils too. The Anarch has a round nostril and the Blocker has a tear-shaped nostril. Yeah, but, right, okay. But yeah, sometimes I'd get to go home and I'd pull the photo up and go, oh, whoops, that was an Anarch today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to tell. Like, yeah, because they get bigger, like you said. If the, those fins that shorten are a real, um, yeah. a real mis misleading part of it. And like you said, that, that lump on their head, like that's a real – deciphering factor that's an easy one to jump to but it's not always accurate you know that yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll put pictures up morsey has gone is that a um, hybrid like yeah yeah because of these things yeah crossing over was that I, 
Yeah, so they are it's, hard to pick at times. <clears throat> it's hard to imagine that that you know hybridise, isn't it? But it, it's probably more likely that you know, in the same way that humans differ, you know, like yeah. for example, yeah. Chris has got a lumpy head and funny nostrils. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm much sleeker and better looking, you know. But just, yeah, um, with that thick pelt though, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it, you know, it, I guess in in a you know, taking the humor out of it, the individual differences, you know, can can really, you know, probably blur the line between between you know what we we think is a you know an anarch or a or a blockite. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing I found with the anarchs is that um, I'm about to call the bite. Like I I don't wait for them to t any of the permit tighten. I call it. Yeah. Like if, if it looks like it's near the fly. I call it. Right. <laughs> but with the anarchs, I'm like ready to say hit, hit it, and it's, he's on. Like I find that they hook themselves more. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yep. Whereas the block eye will spit, suck it in and spit it out in the GIF. <clears throat> gotcha, gotcha. So you think, um, so yeah. you you just operate on the assumption it's near the fly it's eating it, right? Is that? Yep, yep. Wow. And we've had some incredible eats where, I, for, for example, this old American guy that's fished for permit forever, he's fishing with me and we're fishing into the current, quite yep. a strong current. There's a block eye swimming across the current. He casts and the fly lands a foot short into the current. And yep. I go, and the permit keeps going. I go, Don, recast. Don lifts and he's on. Wow. This, huh. this permit has sucked that fly a foot into the current without giving any indication whatsoever. Don turns around and looks at me and goes, what the fuck? And I go, oh, I don't know, Don. <laughs> you got it. You got it, bud. <laughs> let's not let's yeah. Let's not look that gift horse in the mouth. Get it in, no, Don. No, yeah. No. <laughs> that's um. That's wild. That's so wild. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. Like um, it. it there must have been. I mean, there, respectively, there must have been times you got it wrong when you called it right. And oh, um, hey, and let's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess if you don't know, if you don't try, you never know. At the same time, and exactly. that's the way you've learnt to call it by 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 you know by those numbers, really. Uh, um, yeah. But my question is is those ones that have missed it, and if someone yeah. struck like strip struck, and they might have moved the fly, you know, a foot, has it spooked the fish? Nope. I've I've had fish lots where I've said hit it, no, hit it, nope. Right, he's got it now. Hit it. Got him. Well, awesome. Because once they tune in on that fly, they, they want it. And so if you've done that big, so long as you don't do a trout strike, if you do the strip strike, you've only pulled it like half a metre or less away from it. And he's, yep. He gets angry. He gets hungry. And it comes again. And so, yeah, you just get him. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. And the other thing with permit that I've found is is if they're with other species, which they quite often are, like if they're with a GT on a shovel or on top of a school of bones, they are aggressive. They, I had a client, like there's a permit on top of a school of about 40 bones. He casts in there and, I, and the permit's on the top, the bones are on the bottom. I say, you just hooked the permit. Well, yeah, and I've had them on shovels, right? There's a GT at the front, 
permits at the back of the shovel. This is not once. This is a, quite a few times. Client hits the GT on the head. The GT spooks. Permit races past the shovel and eats the fly. Just fucking hooks itself. Uh, if you see a permit on a shovel with GTs, put them in the book. Yeah, right. Because they eat. They're hungry. They don't like GTs beating them to the fly. <laughs> I don't like that either. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool um and uh like let, let's uh, let's let's talk about scenario because you 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 hear about um yeah people people i've heard other people talk about you know when asked what's their most ideal scenario to find permit and um you know in regards to finding happy fish rays uh shovel nose rays all that sort of stuff just comes out but just you know fish that are uh you know working with larger species um is that is that the time you would find the happiest fish as well do you think um yeah i reckon the permit that you're going to get to eat the most is one with a shovel and a gt mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah what about the gt's not there like are they, are they still aggressive oh they're still aggressive on a shovel by themselves yeah because the shovel's moving fast Yep. Moving faster, so the GT's just, I mean, the permit's just like, oh, there's food, boom, eat. Whereas on a ray, the ray's mostly just sitting digging, so he's got a bit more time to think about things. We catch a lot of permit off rays on the blue side, but they're way more aggressive on a shovel that's swimming. So with a with a shovel, when they're on the shovel, I, I want to talk about the rays as well, but um, yeah. when they're on the shovel, are you, are you leading the shovel or are you casting at the fish? Um, both. Yep. Just, yeah, just putting it out in front. Are they but so? Oh, okay. Want, yeah, you okay. Want the crab on the bottom, ideally, but they'll they'll eat mid water so long as you're not stripping it mid water. So long as it's sinking mid water. Yeah, that's that's where I, that's where I was going. Like um, getting the getting them to eat on on the drop, or like casting at them so, somewhat to a degree. You know, um, for fear of them missing it or the shovel changing direction or something like that. Um, yeah. or even hooking the shovel, you know, if I'm uh, trying to avoid that, you know, if they're, um, if they're yeah, sort of following it very often. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll eat mid water, but I've found stripping the crab mid water, you end up with a lot of spooky permit. They'll just go, what was that crab swimming? He should be, should be going down towards the bottom to hide in the sand. Mm. So ideally, like you'd want to make it land, then, then move it. Once which was, the bottom. Yeah. which is pretty crab-like, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at those crab kick up that silt on the bottom when they're trying to hide or skate around, that's yeah. what we're trying to imitate. We let it get to the bottom, tiny little fast twitches so that it stays on the bottom and kicks up silt. Yep. Yep. Well, that makes pretty sense, pretty good sense, that's for sure. Yeah. I guess uh, for natural prey items, they'd probably be – it would be unusual to have the like a, a, um, such a visual – Prey item and the sand would be the, the probably the main giveaway they'd be looking at to see both. Potentially, would probably incite an even more positive decision making process for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys that fish with me that fish in Belize, they go, "You guys are lucky here that you've got this mud muddy bottom or silty bottom, so you can let the fly get on the bottom and let it do its thing where you twitch it and the silt actually hides the fly a bit as well while you're twitching it." 
Yep. The supplier doesn't need to look quite as natural or as realistic, sorry. Yep. So, whereas they they fish over hard bottoms and seagrass and stuff, so they've got to strip it above the stuff so the permit gets a good look at it and that's not a natural thing for a crab to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Can yeah. can I ask you about retrieves? You, st- you spoke about the twitchy retrieve. Yep. It's the bottom. In general, like, would you vary your retrieve or even your type of fly between block eye and anak? No, because like I said to you, Voltsy, I often I don't even know what it is until I get home and I look at the photo and go, oh, that was an anak <laughs> we got today. Or, yeah. Yeah, those juvenile, like out, most of the anarchs we catch are, you know, sort of mid-size, so they're not like those big gnarly things you get up at Weeper that got the big lumpy heads and stuff. Yeah. So, no, we just cast out them like they're a permit. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, you know, uh, from the point of view that, you know, just approach them without, you know, knowing really what you're going to be casting at, you know, that, that yeah. they, they occur yeah. next to each other is unique from an East Coast point of view, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably makes it a bit easier. It takes that sort of, um, you know, analysis paralysis out of the occasion you know you just got to make, make do with what you got on at the time yeah well, yeah still, still a permit in the end either yeah. way yeah yeah it's interesting you know it's 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 along the lines of um bringing the what what the americans call bringing the jack out of them i suppose right you know like um bringing the trevally out of them. it's not really i suppose but it's just it's making them making them commit by by with, with uh, um with a non-static retrieve, for probably lack of a better term, it's making it sound like you're double-handed stripping, and I don't mean it to sound like that at all. But uh, but it but it is moving, right? Yeah, no, we, it's just like an inch at a time, but fast, so it stays on the bottom, and it makes that kicks the silt up. I've hopped in the water, had my son cast flies at me. I say, right, I strip it a foot straight off the bottom. I say, strip it. Those tiny ones I showed you stays on the bottom, kicks up the silt. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it it makes sense. I mean, unless you're using a fast sink line uh, that's level with the fly, like if, the the more you strip it with like a uh, an intermediate yeah. or a floating line, it's just gonna follow the path of the line as it comes yeah. up, right? Yeah, yep, unnatural. And the permit spoke. They just like no, crab's not gonna do that. No, no. it's like no. we we a lot of our permit feed on clams. They dig these holes on the flats like proper holes and uh, we tried clam flies but um trouble is with a clam fly you have to lead them by so much because clams don't swim so if he sees the clam in the water column he's not happy he's out of there <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then so you gotta lead them by so much and you know permit change direction about every meter when they're feeding so yeah mm. We gave up on the clam shot, clam flies. It, it's a common thing, like you hear of um, people recognizing prey items for particularly permit. Sand dollars, another one like that, where people say, you know, the fish died. We 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 cut it open. Yeah, you know, no one does it intentionally, but if yeah, you know, it happens, and they go, oh, the guts are full of sand dollars, for example, you know, and yeah. and they're like, oh, I'm going to tie a sand dollar fly, and like, are you cool? How are you going to fish it? <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, are you, are you going to cast it so it buries into the sand and uh, 
<laughs> have yeah. the fish dig it out. Anyway, but no, uh, I gave up on the clam fly pretty quickly. I can tell you. Yeah, I mean it's all it's all good. In, yeah, good. In, yeah, like it, like you're talking about diving. I thought you might have been going um, when you're talking about diving down. You might have done this as well in observing the benthic strata. <laughs> the quote. I, I have to shoehorn that that term into every uh, contractually into every podcast, Brett. So I apologise, but. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but like you know, like there's times I remember, like I've you know I've been snorkeling around little grass beds as a kid, you know, and you know I haven't done it as a as an adult, but I can remember seeing like small bivalves. They might stick their valve out of the sand until you swim over it, and then they they suck back in, you know. And um, yeah. you know, there's times where you're like, you know, goldies are a great example like that, where you you might not see anything, like no crabs, no yabby holes, nothing, nothing that might be to be obvious, but they're feeding and pumping on something, you know, yeah. and it's um. It's obviously some sort of prey arm that, that well, it's it's easy to think that it's obviously some sort of prey arm that's in the sand. I thought that's where you were going with, with that, um, because I mean they're not they're not just feeding on crabs. A crab would be a real treat to a permit, I'd imagine. Like uh, compared to so, some of the stomach contents you hear from around the country, do you, do you think that's the case as well? Or? Um, yeah. Well, I reckon sometimes they get really keyed in on when they're on those clams, and it's hard to switch them to a crab unless you really feed it to them. Yep. But um, one good thing about them when they're digging those holes on the flats is you can be looking at a flat in marginal conditions and go, hey, there's a fresh black hole that's black, that hole. And then you see the permit come out of it. And then you'll see him pop another hole just next to it. And then you're like, righto, you're mine. <laughs> but, yeah, that... And you, if you're on a flat and it's just clean, like there's no holes, no rays, just keep moving because you ain't. It's going to be marginal. You need mm. to be there where those holes are. The rays are there. The shovels, and but yeah, these these black holes they shoot in. The the holes like uh, oh, big as dinner plate, bigger. Yeah, they yep. blow these holes, mate. And they go, oh, there he is. Oh, there's, he's moved over there now. See his hole there. Yeah. yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty cool. That, that's a real, there's a real clue in that that, I, uh, that uh, you know, I've discussed with plenty of friends before in regards to finding fish, particularly on flats, that might appear vast expanses of nothingness to a lot of people. You know, there's, yep. there's a lot, there's a lot to read in them. But yep. one of the things, one of the things you said there in regards to keep moving, you know, like, uh, yep. If you you know there might be times you can imagine that it might be people that might stake out for one shot in the day that for that one fish that's just yeah you know, happen to be cruising over this desert yeah the, the, uh, the, there can be deserts you're right yeah but the likelihood likelihood of that fish being turned on when it was just you know it was just like going about its own business is you know it's possible it's 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 not the best chance that's for sure whereas you know if you took the time to just keep moving to find them to find where they're feeding. That's um that's that's what you're getting at, isn't you? By saying just just keep moving because you'll just yeah keep it's fine. To hit the disturbed flats, you, if the flat looks all the same, it ain't going to give you many shots. Yeah, and and the funny thing is about it all is the discipline that you need because even though queenfish feed on different stuff, although I watched a queenfish blow a hole the other day. Oh yeah. Um, yep. I was like, oh, it's got to be a permit. Just blew a hole, but nope. Um, <laughs> The funny thing is that where the permit are, the queenfish are, this is on the uh, east side of Exmouth Gulf, 
and the GTs are there as well. So if you want permit, you got to be like, oh, well, I cast that queenfish note. Because <laughs> they're yes. in the same places. They even swim together in schools together. The queenfish and the permit will swim together. <coughs> yeah. Have you, have you had clients ignore you and cast it? Queenfish, meanwhile, while they're oh, playing it, watching permits swim past? Oh, totally. If they, I, don't, I don't stop them. Queenfish is a way better fight than a permit. Permit's a horrible fight. Yeah. Queenfish <laughs> go pretty hard, <laughs> for sure. It's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the worst thing about a block eye is, is late in the fight, they, you see them look, I call it the boat manoeuvre. So you get ready for the boat manoeuvre. You see him look at the boat and go, oh, no. <laughs> He goes under the boat, and you, a big one you cannot get out. There's not enough strength in the fly fly rod to pull it out. You have to hand line them out. Yeah. So, so mostly we, with a good permit, late in the fight, in skinny water, we jump out and land, and I put the spot lock on the mincoder, and we land them away from the boat. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, just, and I don't do it. It's just block off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a hey, bastard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, you got your Minn Kota hanging down there. You've got your transducer. You've got your Yamaha. There's a lot of things that can go wrong underneath that boat. Yeah. Yeah. I bet there has, right? Have you had some um, uh, real sad stories from, from a situation like that? Never, never lost one under there, but been seriously close a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate, that'd be heartbreaking, particularly if you, uh, you know, you, you've saved up all year, <laughs> and yeah, you only have yeah. one weather window, and yeah, and that, and that's the day that it happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's fishing in it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Brett, I've been dying to go down this rabbit hole with you. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Permit flies. I, uh, are, you, are you cool to talk about these? You got? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I think I think with social media these days, mate, every, there's no secrets. <laughs> no. Well, well, that's good. That's refreshing to hear, mate. So there's no excuses for you not giving us the good oil. I think um, back back to 2011 when when um, I fished with you, you were um, you were big on and correct me if I'm wrong. Was it a, a Grand Slam crab by was it Orvis? Uh it wasn't Orvis, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a Grand Slam with the bead uh, with the keel on it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. are you where? Where did things go for you from there? Like, was um, uh, I? Yeah. I ended up. I had to tie them all, so I got over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially like you spend half an hour tying one up that night, and then the first cast client whack it on the boat, and the legs would fall off or something. You go, oh, fuck <laughs> 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 you go, don't worry, I'll pay for it. You go, oh yeah, right. <laughs> took me half an hour last night. It's probably twenty five bucks worth of fly there. You just broke. <laughs> <laughs> but um, lately we've been using uh the flexo crabs from um, Nervous Water, and they're they're doing yeah, we're catching them. Yeah, nice. And and they bounce off the boat better than mine. <laughs> 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 oh, it's heartbreaking too. You spend all that time tying up and then bang, wreck. <laughs> what, what do you think? Like, if you had to break down what makes them successful, like, um, what do you, yeah. what do you think it is, man? Uh, the retrieve and judging the bite. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And I like, like, I see you guys promote that moon crab thing. I haven't tried that, but um, that oh, looks good. That send you some. Talk, talk to you off air if you like. If you want to try some. Yeah, yeah they, they look good. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll be deadly. I think Deacon's done well with it up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deacon's done really well with it, but um, yeah, but he uses flexos as well. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah, we we use flexos mostly, and yeah, they eat if you put them in the right spot most of the time. Yeah, and they're the nervous water ones. I think they're what do they call them? The mob that make them for them. Anyway, uh, fly zinc, fly zinc. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely uh, for the amount of flies they pump out, fly zinc definitely um produces some incredible quality on great hooks and stuff. I've I've yep. noticed. Yeah, you know, they're exactly. not mucking around. Yep, and I don't have to tie them. Is the good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Your mission being on the water all day in the sun and then oh, yeah. get home and tie flies. Yeah, especially. My my crab takes like so long. I was just like, nah. yeah. Do you, do you measure it in time or um or bugs? <laughs> <laughs> no, shardy, mate. Shardy. <laughs> we named it the Chardonnay crab. Oh, is that what you call it? The Chardonnay crab. I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. What, so, what do you know? Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna just gonna talk about um, uh, was it when you when you got like to sort of circle back around to your sort of your your, your sojourn days uh, up to Exmouth? Like, like you, oh, you've already spoken about this. I apologise. You're talking. I was going to ask about permit being on the radar then, but you did mention that that was just one of those fish that you just didn't have any expectations of. Like, there's, a, I guess, like yeah, like like blue bastards were about twenty years ago as well, right? Yeah. They just yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a blue bass. They call them bastards for a reason. Let's keep going. So. <laughs> I, I still hate those things, but anyway. <laughs> you get some bloody big ones over there in the Gulf. Yeah, ours are big. Ours are big. The last two we hooked totally smoked us. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's crazy, man. There's there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of big um, ooglies over there. Like same with the tuskies, like the ones you see. Um, yeah. Some of the ones that come from the area there, like just yeah, there's big tuskies, just behemoths, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do, do um. Doesn't get a lot of pressure down in that Gulf, so yeah. Oh, that's that's the side that you find those ones, yeah. That's those species. Yeah, yeah. Gulf. Yeah. Do you get um, bumpies on the reef? Ah, uh, yes. We've hooked one. I don't know where we hooked it, but uh, it totally smoked us. We were, I just saw them all tailing. There was a big mob of them, and grabbed the permit right out and threw the crab in, and just yeah. I jumped in twice with my goggles, but we couldn't. I got nah. Ah, oh, bummer. Well, that's yeah. um, that's that's a cool opportunity. Was that was that with a client? Yeah, yeah, I was a client. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I nearly drowned myself jumping in there. It's in that. <laughs> it's in that G. <laughs> it's in that GT hole. I think I've taken bolts in there. Oh, hang on. Is that one um, we popped? Huh? Is that the one we popped in? We we Did used we... poppers. And, oh, um, did we? Did we I don't anything? know. If, if it was, it was a bit of a hole in the reef. There's was a bit yeah, of a, yeah. like gutter. And... Just off the bonefish flat there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. One less shark there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where I jumped in in the current there. It was about 10 knots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a commitment. Bit of water, that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it might be worth bringing up, like, while we're talking about other species and stuff like that, just for... Look, there's, there's going to be people that are probably living under a rock and, and have not heard of your operation there, Brett. Like, what, what are the species um, that you mainly target with your operation? Um, it's a very diverse fishery here. So, you know, anything from... I'm not so big on the billfish, but we do it. So marlin and sailfish all the way through to queenfish, permit, bones. I think if you have a look on my website, there's photo there of probably about a hundred pound cobia that we've caught on fly mm. um yeah there's everything pretty much we barra even volte had a big session here with me on barra probably the best session we ever had on barra that was a lot yeah huh? that was a lot yeah. of fun it took us by surprise we were chasing some milkies and then you said all right let's go have a look over here yeah, for, right. for Baron. It doesn't really sound like that, Vol. So I, I apologise, Brett. But, uh... <laughs> we we got over there, and sure enough, there was there was barras there, and they just oh, kept coming. You know, I don't yeah. want to blow his trumpet too hard, but I've never seen two guys cast under the mangroves like that pair. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say Vockler. He outdid me that day. He he got like six to my two or something. Oh, yeah. was, oh maybe it was him that was. Oh, I remember it because he lets me know all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, one of the questions I've got here for it is, um, and, and Chris can back me up on this, I said, uh, who is the best barra angler you've ever had on board and why is it Andy Bockler? So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does say that in the questions. Yeah. Oh, does it? We're nah. idiots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just love taking it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, bar the barra took me by surprise. You know, they were, they were there. It was they, overcast, remember? We had no choice. We had to that's improvise. Right. Yeah, that high, high shitty cloud too. Yeah, 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 you can't say a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an it's an interesting spot, Exmouth, in regards to the the almost like the the boiling pot of um of species. There's, there's some southern southern species and uh, you know like tropical species like the bar and such. But you guys don't get crocs there either, eh? There's a croc here at the moment. Oh, I'll take that back. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that, actually. You, uh, you hear of extra yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's only the second one I've heard of in 16 and a half years I've been here. Wow. Where is it again? But yeah. In the uh, Gulf? It was in the, it was in the Gulf. Some guys saw it six times in seven days and that three metre. And then it, it got a bit cold down there. The water's cold down there this time. And it moved around to the town of Bitty boat ramp. Oh shit! Oh, it's not, yeah, not, not a smart move. I've heard about it recently. Yeah, so, Tandabitty's on the reef side, right? For those, yeah, yeah, that's where we launched when we fished for bones. Yeah, right. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder what it's doing around there. It's all clear water, and you know. Yeah, but it's warmer than the Gulf this time of year. Yeah, yeah. I guess that trumps everything, eh? Yeah. Well, I was looking at the maps now. You're right. That's that's not the sort of area you would expect to see crocs, right? At all. That's um, no. I would have thought it racked off, but it hung around. Yeah. What's? It? I mean, it couldn't be. That's a. It's amazing it can hunt in that sort of color water. It's not dirty at all there this time of year, right? Nope. That's why well, must be taking stuff. Is there pigs around or something like that? No. Nope. What's it is doing? It, is it cleaned up anyone from Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it doesn't have hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 
That's why they do the crocodile roll, mate. Yeah. Oh, right, to wash them off, the Victorians. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a bath, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how they've evolved so so long. Yeah, people think they're dumb, but they're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good interview till then, Volts. It's, uh... <laughs> I'm just picturing the hate mail from people in Victoria. What's your problem? <laughs> 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 so, so Brett, you reckon you reckon um you reckon X Mount's got enough there for you to live out your days there, mate? Uh I hope so. No, I mean you're obviously you were quick to look at um issues with Art like Arthur Lake Arthur, is it? Sorry. That's, um, Arthur's Lake. Arthur's, Arthur's Lake. Lake. Apologize. Um you were quick to look at um you know, issues that, that didn't see any longevity there. I'm sure you're probably, you know, once bitten, twice shy, and probably would be on the lookout for anything of, you know, that might cause issues for you there. But I guess, I guess what I'm expecting to hear is, um, you know, that that the place is incredibly healthy, right? So it's, it's probably got a lot of, um, you know, the, the, no no real imminent threats to to that sort of um, quality, right? Uh, I hope not. We we did have an issue with an oil and gas company that we sorted out. They're not doing that anymore right um, what was that uh, i was a big <laughs> it was a big pipe building facility right along the edge of my best permit bay in the gulf huh. but, um i'm mates with tim winton and we went into bat and yeah we got rid of that um, well lucky yeah yeah um but no because it, it's most well, the Ningaloo site's world heritage, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Gulf isn't world heritage soon. Right. Um, so hopefully uh, it'll be okay. It's just it's just uh, during COVID we got discovered by the rest of West Australia because they couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. So we've got a bit more West Australians here at the moment than usual. <laughs> but yeah, but that's about it, really. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying and is And they're not that, interested in my species anyway, so you know, like uh, permit, most of them wouldn't even know what a permit is. Yeah, okay. Oh, they that is as far as fishing pressure concerned, they're just uh, more more meat hunters is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 If it's red it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> if it's red it's dead. <laughs> Those guys. High vis singlets, A C D C cranking. Lots of high vis. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, Brett. Hey, you get... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, Brett. Do you get many uh, brim around Xmouth or what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> catch brim, yeah, but normally I flick them off at the side of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Won't let them on board, eh? Nope. No. Yeah, you, you won't see any brim photos on my website or Insta. <laughs> 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 Goes that line of questioning. I was going to ask what's your favorite oh. brim outfit. You know, do you have a favorite? Oh. <laughs> um, you know, how do you comb your hair when you go brim fishing? <laughs> you know. What's your favorite razor scooter brand? You know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I guess once the brim's out of the water, there's a whole yeah, that whole line of questioning goes out the out the window. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good that um you know you guys dodged that pipeline there, mate. That's um I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, that, that was a big one. Yeah. 
I lost a lot of sleep for years over that one. Oh, well, I guess it's, um, what was, it, you know, like, obviously, no one's going to not do it because you like to fish the flat. Like, it just had a huge environmental impact, right? That'd be the thing, right? Yeah, it was just in a place that you don't want that sort of thing, you know? It's just people yeah. don't come here for that. Absolutely. Did they move it somewhere else? Like, is, or no, the... this got stopped. Okay, gotcha. It was a massive Norwegian company. Was... What were they going to do, make pipes? They're going to make these pipes that are 10 kilometres long, right? So they build this... Yeah, it's boring anyway, but we stopped it. And these tugs, 10 kilometres is one quarter of the width of the Gulf. So you imagine them trying to pull these things off the beach and what sort of tugs you need to do it. And, oh, yeah, it's a debacle. So they lay it parallel with the water and just pull it off that way. Like, yeah, are there the, turtles and stuff, like, in, in yeah, that area? Yeah, everything. Yeah. 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 Gowanas, dingoes. Yeah. Huh? Gowanas and dingoes. Because <laughs> it, 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 10 kilometres, that'd be in the, like that, I'm presuming the manufacturing wouldn't be right on the water's edge, right? It'd yeah, be, yeah, yeah, because they've got to skid it into the water, but it's not happening, so we don't have to worry. But yeah, yeah but so you imagine the Gulf's only like 30 kilometres wide. So you got ten kilometers of pipe that they're trying to pull into the water to tow out to the oil and gas facilities. So you're going to have some serious tugs staring up the bottom and dragging this stuff. But we don't have to worry about it anymore. It's done, done and done. Yeah, that's good, man. You know, it'd be um, quite often big business has a way of defeating. You know, yeah, and yeah. And, it, and it seems like the WA government uh, fairly. Um, you know, that that have some strong advocacy for, for the resource sector over there. So, yeah, yeah that, that's no small battle. Yeah, yeah, it was a big, yeah, lots of not sleeping at night. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal for like that, that whoever that company is. I mean, look at, I'm, I mean, I'm being an unbelievably professional podcaster right now, an interviewer and <laughs> on, on Google Maps just searching around. But like, why we, I mean, I understand. The proximity to to their uh, the source of what they want to put in the pipes there, but what a what a place to argue that. I mean the 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 um, tourism and and um, exactly the significance to so many industry tourism the the indigenous dudes and and the two and the uh, and the environment there. You know, like it's just like what a place to to try and flex something like that. You know, like yeah. you know, it was cheap land. And, uh, yeah, there was, there's plenty of other places that they've already screwed up in this state that they could could put it. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's what was, where I was headed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, um, lot of r remote coastline that um, wouldn't have had as much of a – they probably could have done it at night time and no one would have noticed. Yep, and plenty of uh, industrialised places like Port Hedland and Caratha and stuff that it could have gone in. Yeah. But it, or, that they come to – on their holidays from Carrara and Port Hedland to here to get away from all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, it's um, <laughs> yeah, interesting, mate. Well, that's that's a that's a huge bullet dodge. Well, well, I mean, yeah. the town of Exmouth that owes you and um and and the other people who went into bat as as well. I'm sure you could list them, but it's like you said, it's not happening now. So it's um, yeah, it's good. Good, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I'd hate to think that uh, I've never been there before. I'd like to get there one day, and um, 
would have been would have been super shit to think that um, that would have that much of an impact that it wouldn't have been able to experience it as to what oh, no, it was right along the edge of my best permit fishing bay. It was right along the edge. <laughs> and the factory was going to be up the back of the mangroves, like where we end up at on the full tides fishing for permit. Like, so yeah. Oh, well, it's not happening. That would have, that would, yeah, you're looking, yeah, it would have had, would have PTSD of another Arthur's Lake, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Arthur's Pipe Company or something. <laughs> 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 oh, no, man. Yeah. So, so Brett, I've got a question for you, mate. All right. What do what do you what do you do on your day off, mate? What do you go chase? Uh I'm pretty fussy these days. Yeah. <laughs> I I do permit and GTs. Yep, yep. Big GTs are your preference, obviously. Like oh, yeah. little <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah. Proper ones. Mm. Yeah. But, but, yeah, it's a matter of getting day off during that, that time of year. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Is, is Xmouth the type of place that if someone said to you, I want to go target GTs, that you could be like, yep. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. From September to May. Yep. Wow. And can probably find them. In in the winter as well, but not as many shots. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, proper ones. <laughs> yeah, that, that means, but yeah, the the warmer months are better. When there's less less uh, tourists around, the the GTs more abundant. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you get much of a wet season there? No, no wet season, mate. It's we're on the desert here. That's that's our advantage. Big blue skies. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, right. We only, we only get 250 mils of rain a year. Oh, that is, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Not good for the lawn, but um, good for the <laughs> Yeah, my water bill's expensive, mate. <laughs> <laughs> is there a windy period? Uh, everyone says it's windy, but that's because everyone comes here to do marine activities. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be windy in the morning, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, right, right. Um, for the listeners who haven't bothered looking up on a map, Exmouth is a, is like a massive zone. It's on a long straight running north, pretty much north south, um, Cape. Yeah, and Northwest that, Cape. Yeah, Northwest Cape. There you go. And it um, so the the wind, if it's coming from one direction, because of the shape of Exmouth, it it um, you've always got an offshore breeze. So yeah, unless it's a northerly, northerly. It's a northerly. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you're stuffed on an all the way, yeah. Yeah, but the the warmer months when the permit fishing's good, it's it's normally southwest. So, so we're down the bottom of that gulf there, and it's blowing offshore. Just uh, yeah, I got yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're lucky. Like say, we're lucky. We can go either side depending on the wind, and it's it's only thirty minutes to go around the other side from Exmouth if the wind's blowing from the east or 30 minutes to go down the bottom of the gulf if it's blowing from the southwest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's pretty versatile like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't survive on this coast if you didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. 
not and, doing what, what what we do. Yeah, I guess I guess like that. That's probably you know the hallmark of a lot of great fishing uh, locations is is versatility. You know, like what are your yeah. options if if you know this weather happens or you know you've got this tide. What are your backup plans or something yeah. like that? Um, you know, it's um, I guess you know. Exmouth has has so many cool options and such a diverse variety of habitats. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's almost overwhelming. And I guess for for uh, you know a potential visitor having having someone with a level of experience of, of yourself would, would would you know make that that learning curve so much um, so much quicker. Like you'd have such a such a better time um, to to go there. And you know, I'd, I'd wholeheartedly recommend anybody who's going to Exmouth definitely give Brett a call, and um, he'll hook you up. So, yeah. Uh, cheers um, for that, mate. Yeah, I guess that's a good a good point. Yeah, no worries, mate. No worries at all. That's um, that's very sincere, and I guess that's probably a, a good point to to wrap up the the interview, mate. Um, sort of we've we've discussed a lot, and um, it's certainly got my mouth watering with with uh, the GTs and and permit, and you, you dropped some absolute <laughs> clangers of 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 knowledge, you know, knowledge bites on us. Um, I'm going to go away and digest those. And uh, yeah, man. So, uh, thanks for your time tonight, Brett. Really, no worries. Yeah. Thanks for giving me a go. Yeah, oh, no mate. Problem. We I, look. I'll, I'll tell you this, Brett. Like, um, uh, just before we go on the air, you, you would have to be the the one guest that we've probably spoken about the most in the whole time the show's gone, <laughs> and we've relied <laughs> we've relied on Valtzi to um to make this connection for probably uh, I don't know. I reckon probably 10 months wouldn't even be an exaggeration, you know? Like, <laughs> have you rung him yet? Have you done this yet? You know? it's a, Look, Valti's a very a very busy dude in his life. I can't blame him for it, and the podcast isn't our life, but I can't I can't begin to express, and I want to say it on air, how, how much, like, I, I can shrug and speak on behalf, how much we appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. No, yeah. No, 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 yeah, mate. It'd be nice to talk to you guys about our fishery. Yeah, mate, it's been great, and um, yeah, like Chris said, it's always been been part of our plans. Or you know, we just seems like we always end up like, oh, this guy from WA. Let's give this, you know, let's give WA. A, you know, we had him. We had someone on two podcasts ago or something. You know what I mean? Like it's always something else. Or and then after a while, Chris and I are like, fuck this. Let's not not mix things up. Let's just talk about shit we want to. And um, <laughs> and that's where we're at now. And it's so much fun. Oh, hey. Uh. <laughs> Are you talking to me, or are you, are you yeah. asking? Tell, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a different show to when it started. That's for sure. But um, yeah, no, it is. But like, you're you're the type of guest, Brett, that we want to showcase and 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 frame around a show to really highlight it, I suppose. Because, and I'm sure people can understand why after listening to this show. <laughs> uh, 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 really pissing in your pocket now, we I suppose. Yeah, it's a bit uh, humbled by that. <laughs> no, mate, I, I hope you got your waterproof pants on because that pocket's <laughs> full of piss. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, essentially, what we're trying to say is thanks anyway. Uh, no, yeah. thank you for having me on there. And hopefully, um, some of your listeners get a bit of, uh, inspired to come to Exmouth, have a fish. Yeah. God, how yeah. could you not be after listening to that? That's, um, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's get out of here, eh? All right. Thanks, guys. No worries. See you, Brad. Thanks, dude. See you, guys. Bye. Right.
folks, welcome back to the Fast Sync Line, the tail end of the Intermediate Line podcast. Great show that one was, mate. Uh, you know, we say that every time, and every time I say, you know, generally this time, I mean it. I mean it every time, but that time <laughs> I really mean it. Wolfie didn't hold back, eh? He, um, he was very sharing with his information, and I was... Um, I was really, I was pumped. I, I, I really got into that one. That was a good interview. I, yeah, I, it's, it doesn't make for good podcasting, but I do like when the talk gets technical. You know, it's, um, um, yeah. I, I realize that there's some people who like to hear it, but I think some people like to just like a light and breezy story as well. You know, but um, there was some, ge- there was some, there was some gems, some, some flat craft gems in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, as in, uh, for, for people who spend time on the flats. There's, uh, you know, what we started to talk about, about a seemingly a, a desert uh, and recognising that, you know, it's it's no bueno where you are and just that simple thing of keep moving. It's something, man, I, I, I see it all the time for people like, um, you know, that, that, that will fish and stay in the one spot just going, I'm on a flat, that's all I need to be doing, they, they will come. It's just not the case. It's such a, you know, uh, sometimes big expanses of flats can be such a small area, if that makes sense. Agree, totally so agree. So it's um, yeah, yeah. And I know that's a weird concept. Like I know you agree. I know you 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 know what I'm talking about. In fact, we've spoken about it before. You know, but I know that's a concept that gets lost, and some people might be hearing that going, "What what the fuck does he mean by that?" But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I truly truly think that. But without expanding on that too much, that just that one gem of which there was many in that show of keep moving that he that that was just in casual conversation for him was important to come back to to sort of you know put a bit more of a spotlight on that one yeah. um, it, uh, but that's just one example of what I, of, of what i'm talking about as far as the excitement goes because it was it was pre-tech which was good it was great yeah yeah i um i i totally agree with that that, that was one gem um another one i really liked was his uh his mindset towards you know, the assumption that fish have eaten, you know, if it's, even if it's near the fly and even if it hasn't, you know, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that people go away and try that on their own, on their own fisheries with permit or, or, you know, tuskies or any sort of side fishing perhaps. And, and, um, and, you know, maybe it'll lift your, your catch rate and, you know, we all move forward there. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. That was something I'm, I'm really keen to, to do because you know quite often you'll find yourself going oh did he eat it or not and you'll, you'll go to bed that night you know wondering if you should have struck guess what you probably there, should have there's a couple of ways to look at that you know and um you know um i would consider myself to be relatively new at fishing and crab flies you know I, I don't have many years of of, of mucking around with them that's for sure or even yeah. analyzing them really um but you know one of the things that i i i in 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 my time of, of mucking around with them, I would maintain the importance of um, maintaining contact with the fly. Now, if you if if um you know if you don't maintain contact with the fly, you're going to have to strike. You know, but if you're maintaining contact with the fly, and we've spoken about on the, on the show before about does a crab fly truly sit still? You know, <laughs> you know, yep. like if you know, like if if there's current, you know, like like Brett kept referring, it depends on the current. He said that like, several times. You know, so depending on the direction of the current, like, I mean, the line could be drifting into you, away from you, sideways to you. Sideways is probably the worst scenario to maintain contact with the fly. But um, but if it is sideways and you've got that belly in the line and you've got to read the fish, um, you know, someone of the experience of Brett to say, you know, strike, um, 
is is what you're going to need, I suppose. It's going to be. It's sometimes very hard to with your whether you're fishing shrimps, crabs, or whatever. Um, you know, to to see exactly where your fly is, particularly at a distance of you know thirty feet or more. You might be able to see the end of the fly line, which is what I use primarily, but you can't judge the the distance of the belly from the leader if you can't see the fly. Sometimes you got to read the fish's behaviour. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Agree. You know, yep. It's yeah. good methodology, hey. Like you've got a gives you something to build your um, your strike or your technique around. Anyway, yeah, it's food for thought. You it's, know, it's it's something you can't really teach, though. You know, like it's I don't know to 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 be empathetic of the fish's mood and to be not strike too early or uh, or just to strike at the right time or not to, or when not to strike. You know, it's um yeah. it's a it's a it's a tough one, a tough one to to to, to do, but. I think if you were somehow like you know you know let's say in a perfect scenario like you were fishing with the the tide from coming from behind you and the fish was swimming into the current so you had no slacking line a perfect straight line to your fly um and and you were just slowly drawing that crab fly you know you would feel absolutely everything and i think that um i think it was the other way around like the current was coming straight at you and the and and the fish was swimming with the current up to it It'd be hard to feel it, and it'd be hard to keep the fly still enough for it to look natural at the same time. That'd be a really difficult way to do it as well, I reckon. But yeah, yeah you'd, you'd you'd probably have to strike at the mood of the fish rather than look try to feel it. If it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. guess the, the take home from that is you know you've got to think about each scenario. You've got to be aware of all the factors at play and how it's going to affect your presentation. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I think that's um again that's another aspect that you can't really teach. You got to be willing to adapt on the day. And yeah. The only way you can adapt is to have a have an understanding of, you know, your sink rates or the way that the current might be affecting the the fly line, the the leader, the the fly itself, the the, the type of bottom. You know what I mean? You, you got to yeah. try and gauge all those aspects to be able to understand what your fly is doing at the time. That's it. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Interesting and I guess that's, stuff. That's the value of a good guide. It literally shortens your learning, you know, your learning curve by so much. You get you get to taste it, taste success much faster. So even for experienced anglers to just get confirmation <coughs> of that, like to, to adapt quickly on the day, you know, like to to yep. run the idea past them, you know, like and be like, hey, um, you know, is this a scenario where you think this might work best? You know, um, you know, it would, I, I don't, it must be, it would be pretty hard to not have any background in it and, and be fishing blind for someone's going strike now now you know and just just doing it because they're saying it it'd be a different experience i, I think i think that a, a fishing with a guide even for very experienced fishermen you know in new areas is you know is is not something that's a, a, a like um you know it, there's nothing to take away from from that really i suppose you, we all want we all want gratification in a short period of time you're not going to, you know, to, to truly to truly learn an area, you know, you, you need you need to spend time on there. When you've only got a week to go, something like that, you know, a guide makes a, the world of sense, that's for sure. Fucking nice. Makes it mm. big. Yeah. yeah. No, I enjoyed that. I'm going to listen to that two or three times, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be listening mainly for your jokes? Because there were some crackers in there. <laughs> I've heard them all before. <laughs> ran him to the man to the man of the mirror in the morning right yeah 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 i yeah. practice them every day yeah. as soon as you wake up to that mirror <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Why'd the permit cross a flat? <laughs> I don't have an answer, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, um, cool. Um, one thing we didn't mention was um, getting hold of the guy. We didn't talk about, we normally ask people to mention their socials, where they can find them and, and all that sort of carry on. Yeah. So we'll, we'll whack a link in the... Um... Oh, we'll, we'll definitely whack a link in there, but um, <laughs> if you if you are... Um, is it still true true blue bones? Oh, no, mate. It's Ningaloo fly fishing. Yeah. My apologies. Um, oh, that's all right, man. That's that's. If, um, well, I'm just going to tell you that if you Google true blue true blue bones, you will find at the top of the search ningalooflyfishing.com.au. That's the one, man. That is him. Yeah. And I just don't make the mistake of of going to Instagram and looking at Ningaloo uh, fly fishing because. It is permit pornography. This is a literal perm hub of of perm. <laughs> it's, it's a perm hub of perm. It is sickening, mate. Yeah. The GTs, they're big, big GTs, big queenies, goldens, and lots and lots of permit. You know. Yeah. Well, I can tell you right now, as I'm looking at the slideshow on his website, that it's uh, it's no less of a distraction, mate. God damn! Look at it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, you've got the website, ningalooflyfishing.com.au, and you've got the social media pages, which uh, are of the same name. Yeah? Yeah, it's him. Okay. Yep. Cool as. Oh, yeah. And there's uh, there's some videos of sharks close to the shore. Look at that. Bloody hell. Yep. Three-meter tiger shark. Looks like town in the background. Bloody hell. Anyways, Yeah. Uh, that was a good one. I really enjoyed. It. I, I enjoy all our guests, but um, Brett, uh, you know, that, that gave me a fish horn. That was great. Fish yeah. horn. Yeah, mate. I'm pretty keen now. Real keen. Keen to party. Yep. <laughs> Sweet as. All right. Well, um, let's do it. Let's get out of here so you can start planning that party, mate. <laughs> I think it'd be one of those parties where I'm the only one coming. So. <laughs> but I right, need a fortnight, eh? Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe I would take such a thing with me and give it to a police man? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And if I did that, would you say, sir, I'll come down and put the charge on me? I wouldn't do that.
Give it to me three times. Give it to me four times. Okay.